You've heard it all your life, and not just from your mother, although you probably did hear it from your mother. You have such a great voice. Did you ever think of doing voiceover? Let's demystify this fun, flexible industry here on The VoiceOver Pod with Justine Reese, brought to you by Such A Voice. I'm Justine, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes or so, where we will talk to people that have sat in your shoes and then became successful in the voiceover industry. We'll talk to people who hire voiceover talent. We'll talk about recording, sound, auditioning, casting. We're going to share some stories. We're going to share some secrets. And then, who knows, you may be my next guest. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Such a Voice pod. I am really excited today. We have a kind of unusual episode with Sid McNary, who is, well, I'm going to let Sid introduce himself because he's a a very, no ordinary man, as I believe what was said in his bio here. Um, He's part of his own company called The Art of Peaceful Living. It's got incredible background, and I think what was drawn... uh, to me, uh, to to you, is the unleashing the power of your inner voice and or unleashing the power of your voice, which is something that I am and we here at Such a Voice are really attracted to. So with no further ado, let's get into a conversation. But first, Sid, I would like you in your own words to introduce yourself uh, in your own way. And, and, and let's get into it. Awesome. Thank you. And it's great to be here with you and and grateful for everybody that's listening. And and I'll I'll go with this. I mean, I've been introduced so many different times on different stages. And one of the best ones was when I was speaking to uh, an elementary school before they started field day. And, you know, you got to say a lot to to wow young kids. And and so the principal, as she was introducing me, talked about just my life. And, and mm-hmm. I've really have never been called or I've never worked towards a job. I've always been asked to, to here's what's next. And so I was first asked if I would coach college football, cause I was back when they had to hire black coaches on every staff. And so that's how I started. And then while I was coaching football, I was then asked if I would teach our football players. So yoga, so the first time I taught was 120 guys on a football field. And, and so that was pretty amazing because, you know, that just fueled my career that took me around the world. And and then I was asked was if the, I would help somebody. What's that? that sort of the kernel of, um, sorry about that, everything that came next because it was sort of an unusual training mechanism to have yoga be part of the curriculum for for these football teams is that sort of how oh definitely yeah i mean you're talking 2004 nobody nobody was really thinking about yoga in football and uh and so i i was blessed that we needed to recover our team Mm because that fueled my career for so long after leaving coaching and and then being where asked if I would come where? to speak and things like that. What's that? Where, I'm sorry. Tell us where you uh, where you coach football to start with that first job. Well, I started at Eastern Illinois, uh, okay. and then so I was all over the Midwest, Northern Michigan, Northern Illinois, and I was at Purdue actually when I was in college, and then uh, and then I went to I finished at Morgan State on the East Coast, and that landed me on the East Coast, which then ultimately got me into yoga and I taught yoga at the White House for three years and 
And uh, and then after that, a little bit about that type of stuff. <laughs> Who was at the White House when you were teaching yoga there for three years? What year was that? Obama. Obama brought in uh, President Obama and his wife Michelle. They Michelle had a big campaign about getting kids fit, and so okay. they brought us. I would say, I think every year, I think it was like thirty of us, and there was thirty six thousand people came through, and in those hours that we were there, and and so that was that was three years in a row, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was different. You know, we hit, there was NFL play it forward and all these different things that were there with us. And uh, Justin Bieber on the stage, run, run DMC singing. I mean, it was it was a show. It was really a powerful thing to step into. And and then uh, and then I started getting I first major trip, I guess I took was Italy uh, to go teach yoga in Italy and and uh, help out with the African Yoga Project which was really me helping the people from Africa. And then all of a sudden I was asked to come to Jamaica and speak to people coming off a of death row. And, and I started getting known for this speaking to motivate people's lives. And, and so that, that fueled me for a long time. And, and then all of a sudden when I was in Jamaica, they heard my voice and they're like, you need to sing. So they took me to Bob Marley's house. Next thing you know, I'm recording music and, what? and, uh, yeah. And then then when I came home at one point, uh, one day, I this is probably one thing that I just I started as a hobby was uh, painting. You know, I do a lot of abstract painting and then people started buying it. So literally, I've never life has just been a flow, a series of things that guide me to the next thing. Well, I I really uh, I want to pull the threads on a couple of things. First of all, this is, you know, people might be wondering, well, what does this have to do with voiceover? And here's how I feel it does. Um, it sounds to me like you have let your, you have somehow been given the gift to let your inner voice guide you. And it is definitely something that is difficult for most of us to tune into. And if you can't turn into your inner voice, it's hard to make your outer voice work. That's kind of my theory. And when we work with people in voiceover, we are building uh, that confidence muscle uh, because I think when you can unleash the power of your voice, as your website says, you build this confidence muscle. And as you and I have spoken, you know, 75% of humanity would rather talk about their death than talk in front of people. And one of the gifts of voiceover is that you don't have to talk in front of people. And I think that is why some people are drawn to it. But the truth of the matter is these skills that we teach and learn in voiceover are applicable to what you do and being on a stage. And you you came to one of my uh, workshops recently, and I'd love to hear how you feel it ties together in what you do to help coach and train people to get up on stage and, and tell their stories or be motivational or build that confidence. Talk to us a little bit about what you do in those arenas. And if you use these skills that you used at the White House and how you tie in the yoga and the practice and the centering. Well, I'm very fortunate that I, from a very young age, I got to see my dad on stages speaking uh -huh. to thousands of people. So for me, that was what was a natural progression, seeing somebody do it that I knew personally, as in my father. And so I, I had this 
awareness that, oh, I'm meant to be on stage doing that. That's the natural evolution. I'm looking at a guy that's got my same name. He's Sydney Jr. and I'm Sydney the third and and I've got Sydney the fourth and all of us speak in that way. And so that was really natural. But what I'll say that I picked up when I was in your your uh, observing your workshop was that what I like about uh, voiceover and the way that you were training people is it forced everyone to look at themselves. And that's what I think voiceover does. Like you have to really be in tune with yourself to make it funny or make it calm or excited or whatever those energies that you're bringing forward. So you have to know you. And when I look at, you know, I, I teach people about peace and, and spreading peace through the world. And the only way to really do that is to get clear on yourself. And so that that's where it goes hand in hand, that clearing the number one fear that everyone has is the fear of public speaking. Right. And now when we clear that, especially when it, you start with yourself, which to me, voiceover is a natural progression of get clear on you, get used to hearing your own voice Mm -hmm. and now go let it come bigger. And I think that's where we're evolving as a species. Yeah. I love that. Um, And as you, as you just mentioned there, it's one thing that people tend to react to when they start to hear their voice. And I hear this all the time. And I wonder if you hear this with speaking as well. I don't like the sound of my voice. Uh, You know, even if they've been told you have a deep voice, you have a Morgan Freeman sound, you have a this sound, you have a that sound, people still have to get used to the sound of their voice when it's not in their head. And the thing about it is what I try to tell people is I, I love how you how you kind of brought in that emotional thing because that's kind of my jam. That's what I love to do in my master classes is bring, help people find different emotional tone with some technique that's actually tangible. But it still will relate back to how you can feel when you're excited, how you can feel when you're compassionate. And even the simple thing of a smile, as I made that everyone do that exercise, you know, like make a frowny face because we can do it right now. Make a frowny face and say, I love you. <laughs> you know, I love you. And then smile. Try it and say, I love you. Right. No, that was a really a great awareness. And I, I mean. Now, I've been speaking since 92 and and nobody's ever done that. Right. So yet I know that for myself, like I know that as a speaker, when I'm coaching people, it's like uh, you're supposed to be delivering something that's happy, but your face doesn't say it at all. Right. And so that's what I'm receiving. And, you know, none of us can see our own face. So that that space to have feedback helps us all grow. For and sure. I think that's where just in, in general for what you do and what we do in voiceover, and I'm I'm stepping into the speaking space too, so I feel like it just runs hand in hand, but the idea of having a coach to be better at the thing that you are trying to do to get great at it, to have a mentor, to have coaches, just talk a little bit about being a coach. You've coached football, you've done yoga, and now you're teaching people how to speak. How do those things all tie in and where do you see the advancement and how fast in a new client or a new student? Well, I have to go with when I look at coaching, first of all, nobody is born going to catch a football, but you could whip a football at a baby. It's going to, you're going to be cruel because you're probably hitting them in the head. Right. So 
nobody is born just snatching a ball out of the air. So the more that I'm coachable, the more I learn, the faster I move. And that's, I feel that's the same. And, you know, when you talk about the four stages of learning, you've got unconscious inability, you've got conscious inability, you become aware that you don't know. People that think they can speak usually can't, right? And then all of a sudden they speak, but they don't have the skill set to deliver their message with the most impact. And that's the difference between being a good storyteller at a party and getting on stage and having impact. So talk about that too, because I think there is something to say for if you just want to be a better storyteller and you want to command a conversation or be a better listener, even these skills. Well, for me, I, I, you know, I had been speaking before I went to my first, well, recently uh, with this whole space of speaking for politics, mm. they brought me into a place and we're like, Hey, look, we, we need to, we're going to take you in. This is the same people that worked with, Molly Hunt and her dad, Ty Boyd, worked with JFK. And they said, we're going to help you uh, speak on another level. And there were things I just didn't know. So those that's what I mean by you don't know. You don't know that you don't know something till you know you don't know it. I and they gave also. me tools, right? They okay, gave well, me tools to help. What can you tell us what some of them might have been? Can you share or do we have to come take your workshop to find those out? Yeah, you got to come take the workshop. <laughs> this, this is some big stuff. Like it's okay. It's uh, but, and, but, and it's okay. Like I, I, I get that we can share everything and I will, you know, come on in, you know, and, and I, I want you to come and, and be one of those coaches with me, like to really empower people because even if I say it to people, now all of a sudden they got it in their head. It's another thing to get it and see it in and get it in your body, you know, just as you know how to coach people. Like when someone's done something and you say, Well, look at this, and that's what we do. I I I go after everything as if I'm coaching football. So we're gonna film, we're going to watch it one-on-one as a coach, rewind. Did you hear what you just said? Did you hear how your voice went down? Yeah. What could you do to enhance that so the person receiving it receives it in a way to lift up? And and so, yes, there's so many. I'll give one that's simple. Okay, good. Yeah, um, give us one. Give us one. Well, most here's one. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, if I had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. Well, the same thing goes for speaking. If you're just rambling on, people stop listening. So, so get more direct. Mm-hmm. get more direct and still land everything you want to land, but know yourself enough in that way. So shorten it. And, you know, if you can say it in five minutes, go back and say it in two Yeah, and still true. deliver. Yeah. Same, with, same with texting, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> long, if you send me a book, I'm not reading. I know. Right. Right. Um, so again, to tie that back into, do you ever work with people that are, uh, having to maybe CEOs of companies, C-suite type people who are having to deliver someone else's message. So it's not their message, but they're needing to bring their passion, compassion, or maybe they're delivering a company message, right? That's written for them. You know, this, this is the thing that we are tasked with in voiceover. Does that happen a lot in what you do too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of people come to these events that are just like, I'm delivering a boring message because it's numbers, right? right? It's numbers. We're looking at this. 
and everyone's falling asleep. What do I do? Well, yeah. we got tools for that. You know, there's there's techniques that I think I didn't know those at first. I, I used to just get up and speak and people were like, wow, Sid, you blew me away. Yet now I don't even it's so much easier because I have the the skeleton. There's a skeleton that we use to help mm-hmm. someone say, oh, this is this is what I'm going to deliver. Right. And this is the skeleton to bookmark this. And now I can flow through it with several different techniques and I don't have to think, you know, it's, it's like, if you were to say to me, uh, let's talk about Coca-Cola. I instantly would go through and I have bookmarks that I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to say about Coca-Cola and I'm just going to deliver it. And it's, it's already because I've done it so much just in that little short of time of me saying, let's talk about Coca-Cola. I already have a speech that I could give for, for an hour. So in speaking where, you know, this is obviously a little different from voiceover because we're taking scripts that are written and having to make them sound conversational. Um, Mm -hmm. in, In what you do, a lot of times, my understanding with having talked to a lot of speakers, um, you got your, your basic keynote, for instance, and then you're, you're slightly pivoting uh, with your audience, right? You're, you're changing your audience. And therefore, you might tweak the story slightly, tell a slightly different story, but have the same maybe outcome or point. Um, am, I, am I hitting a nerve there? Does that sound about right? I mean, I think that was the way I did deliver it until I learned that I just don't even have to go in with that. Yes, I have some things in my, some tools in my bag, right? Like I talk about peace. I help people enhance relationships. I have a lot of different things that I that I can talk about that I've uh, connected with people on. Yet there's still there's secrets to what lands and what stays with someone. How do you deliver it? Where do you put it? Mm-hmm. Most people think that I got to prepare, prepare, prepare on information. And that that actually typically takes away feeling. That's what I loved about uh, your thing is you know, with the voiceover is that, yes, you have a script. Now go bring feeling to it. Right. This is my, that's a, that's a different tool. Yes. People don't realize it. I think when people get into voiceover, they think it's all about how do I sound? How do I sound? And that's important. But what's more important is bringing your feeling into it and then connecting that with the, what I call the three P's, but I really think it's five P's now. The three P's that I talk about are pitch, pacing, and physicality. And then, of course, pause and making pause intentional, you know, especially when you're bringing a script to life. And that scripts are like little melodramas, just like stories and speeches, I think, you know, and I think maybe there's another parallel there is when you're telling a good story, it's got a beginning, it's got a middle, it's got an end and probably some kind of a turnaround or a lesson, right? In a commercial, you present the problem. My countertops are so dirty. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Clorox <laughs> changed my life, right? So I'm upset, right? I'm I'm having a bad day. And then that thing, that product, if, you know, commercials sometimes can seem really silly. And I always say, <laughs> it's everything's like the holy grail of whatever it is. But do you see a parallel in storytelling and speech giving in that respect? Yeah, I think all of them. Storytelling uh, as well as voiceover. And then even acting, all of them are, are you entertaining or not? You've got to be entertaining in one or two ways. You're going to hook your audience. You're either extremely educational 
or entertaining. And if you can do both, you've got them for the whole time now. And so I think that that shows up for me when I when I look at this space of speaking and voiceover. It's all right. You've got to be entertaining. They've got to feel it. It's got to resonate. And if it doesn't, you forget it. But some of the stupidest of jingles stay in people's heads because they just made you feel something right. They the person said it right at the punch. They they kind of chuckled that that mm-hmm. chuckle is what actually landed that inside of like ha, 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 Pillsbury Doughboy. Right. Like everybody knows the Pillsbury Doughboy's chuckle. And yeah. so at least people that have ever heard it, they know it. It sticks. And I think that's where it is. We're of a certain age. Um, But those certain characters, those certain things, I call those things um, verbal cues. Verbal cues are something that people new to voiceover don't think they're allowed to do. And when I say verbal cues, I am talking about adding a laugh, adding a, a sound, even utilizing the breath. One of the uh, things that new pe- people that are new to this think they have to cut out all the breath. But in fact, you don't necessarily always cut out all the breath because the ve- the breath can be be an emotion. Um, and I think learning to use those things are totally parallel in speaking on a stage and doing voiceover. Of course, we can go crazy physically and no one will see us, but they might hear it in our voice. That is slightly different because in um when you're on stage but at the same time what do you see is the biggest problem not biggest problem biggest challenge with people new to speaking or new to using their voice because i have some thoughts and i'm curious what yours are well i'd say um something that a lot of people just run from one thought to the next Mm -hmm. and i heard you talk about that too like that's okay to have space even if that means if you're in voiceover and you're going through a script, you may have to gather yourself and get to the next thing. And that's okay. You know, when I was singing on stage, it was funny because there would be times we'd come out with a new song and early on when I was on stage performing, I would forget those words. Yeah. And, and my, and one of my band members was like, Hey man, just say anything, but just keep the rhythm. Nobody knows what you're about to say. They're just going to cheer anyway. And I was like, are you kidding me? Is this true? So one time I forgot the whole rap and I was like, da, 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 da. Yeah. Moving down the street. Yeah. Bang, bang, boom. And then when I got back on, people were just like, yeah. And I'm like, no, you actually don't realize I really screwed that whole thing up. And so (laughs) I think that that shows up for a lot, a lot of people, especially in speaking, You, you know, when you're on the stage, you you can get like this moment of, uh, I'm frozen. Well, just stop. Stop digging in that same hole and come on out. I mean, yeah. truly the beauty of voiceover for a lot of people is they don't want to be on stage. So they love the idea. And, and it's great. So anyone listening out there, hey, we're not telling you go be a speaker. We're just saying there are different things that you can do once you learn how to use your voice and you can stay behind the microphone and never be seen. And that's the beauty of voiceover. Or you can take some of these skills and create content for your business. So you can have more stuff on social media. That 20 years ago, I didn't need to worry about that when I was doing voiceover or coaching or casting, you know, that was for the on-camera people. And now we're all kind of, if you are any kind of solopreneur, entrepreneur, um, having those skills is or just you have to be in a Zoom room. 
all the time. Like we've got, you know, let's talk a little bit about coming out of these three years of, of, you know, and maybe what you were able to do virtually that maybe surprised you or, or expanded your reach a little. Did that happen? Oh yeah. There was, uh, there's a guy named Glenn Morshauer. Uh, he does, that, you know, Glenn. Oh my God. Sid, we have to have a side <laughs> conversation when this yeah, is. Yeah. I over. love Glenn. Oh awesome. my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. We have, I have some, okay. Can't do it right here. So Glenn, Glenn, Glenn invited me to his, uh, his training for, you know, actors. He's like, Sid, you're going to be on the stage. You got to, I want you to just know different things. And what was amazing is learning how to work the camera. Like here I, I am as we're on zoom, people are listening, but I can look to the left side of the camera and, and make it look like I'm talking to somebody on my left. I can look to the right side of the camera and do that. Or I can completely turn as if I'm talking to a whole other audience in that moment. And so learning how to work the camera is another one that, that I learned yeah. through the pandemic where I, I didn't know I, that wasn't even an interest. Like if I went on a TV interview, I would just be talking to the person. Yeah. You but didn't actually, really, I yeah, can sit here and actually make it like it's, a bigger room and more people just by, Hey, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And yet I'm still right here. So having more awareness, I think for me, the pandemic gave me more awareness of myself. For sure. Well, let me tell you something. My whole life changed. I called it the pandemic pause that I got to, I was like, thank you universe for giving me a whole pandemic to slow down. Cause it took that. This this little woman was just running, 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 running. And um, and it was great because you know what it made me do? It made me look at my life. It made me allow for transformation. It laid, it let me sit still in some uncomfortable things. And it allowed me to do things like record an audiobook that I'd never given myself enough time and space to do. And that audiobook is out called How to Make a Life by Florence Reese Kraut. And I am doing another one, her second book I'm recording right now. But one of the beauties of audiobooks um, is that they allow you to work on a bigger project. And you mentioned painting. My grandmother was a painter and she had a studio. And what I love about an audiobook, which I think is similar to a painting, is that you can go and work on it in little bits. And over a period of time, you have a big body of work uh, to reflect on. That is what we call evergreen, you know. And what I love about audiobooks is that they are evergreen and my voice is out there with how to make a life. And I did another one called Common Sense Divorce. Ironically, when I was going through a divorce, you talk about the universe reflecting back to you. So what would you say about like painting versus speaking versus all these different things that um, there's the gift of the thing that doesn't last forever, you know, live theater, nothing like it, right? Getting that audience feedback. And speaking's like that too, kind of vibing the audience and making that transformation. So these skills are intertwined um, and some leave you with a little more uh, longevity than others, perhaps. But what do you think about that? Well, I think what comes up for me is, as you shared that is, and I keep going back, is this space that we've come in of speaking to someone that you don't even know if they're really listening, if they're even there, if it's ever going to be heard by anybody else. And now... In that space, now all of a sudden, I have to know that I can inspire myself, that I can make myself laugh, that 
all those things that I want for that other person, I have to be able to do it to me. And if it's boring to me, it's going to be boring to the other person. So that's, that's it for me. For sure. You know, the other thing that I try to teach people in voiceover, which we're dealing with monologues, right? We're dealing with these monologues, but we, what makes them come to life is putting another person in front of you. So now we're tasked with, I have to bring all this emotion to life, but I also have to create basically a dialogue instead of a monologue. So for instance, and you change your audience, just like I was talking or asking you about changing your audience as a speaker. So I'm going to go speak to kids. I'm going to go speak to women. I'm going to go speak to, you know, college uh, football players. So I might tell the same story, but I'm going to change it slightly. And I'm going to speak to that audience differently. So in voiceover, I can give two reads that are totally different by talking to my partner and then speak and then be pretending I'm a, or stepping into like a patient uh, doctor relationship. Same script. So the beauty of voiceover is taking the same words and doing them totally differently. But I think the same applies with speaking with your audience and how you have to really like engage and like Glenn's really great at. I don't know if you know this, but you know yeah. Glenn's a speaker. Have you ever seen him speak? Yeah, that that's his real passion. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, he's so fire. I got to see him speak here in LA. We got to talk about that later. Um, yeah, I mean that's the big thing though. Like to really sit there and. Be able to speak to an audience and move the audience. I, I got to watch my dad do that all the time. Like talk to people. Do? Why? Why? My was dad that? was um, yeah. director of RCMI, so he controlled five hundred million dollars grant Ooh. money for colleges. So, so he went all over the world okay. speaking and helping people study science and all the different things. And and I got to see him. Like he's talking about science. For me, I didn't really want to be there. It was right. about science. Yet. He would weave in things and make people laugh and then bring them back. And if they were drifting, like he just played the audience. I went and spoke at uh, South Carolina Football Hall of Fame okay. and my dad got the video and he was like, man, you made it. I watched you command the audience. I watched those young men look, sit up when you when you set up and like getting people to move with you that that's the dance and i i mean i i learned a lot of that through teaching yoga where it was like all right people aren't being present in the moment that has nothing to do with them i am not a good yoga teacher if they aren't present to what i'm saying somehow i've lost them and it has and and that's where for me even with speaking even with voiceover no matter where i am it's like all right, in this moment, am I commanding and bringing forward the energy in me that I want someone else to reflect back to me? And then that that helped me in my life. It's like, I want to be the friend that I want in my life. I want to be the husband, the partner that I want in my life. It all goes back to look at yourself and see how the world is reflecting it back to you. Well, I think, unfortunately, that is a perfect, not unfortunately, but I could talk to you forever. Um, but that is a great place to take a pause today uh, and, and maybe look forward to another conversation with you. But I think this is really impactful and absolutely agree. And the one thing I'd also tell students that are on the fence about doing particularly our program where you're going to have a certain amount of coaching and you're going to have, you know, get some voiceover demos and you're going to be able to really launch your voiceover career, but you're going to get something else that 
we don't advertise and we can't explain. And that is you're going to get a lot of knowledge about yourself because you can't start using your voice and start thinking about how you're going to bring emotion to words without learning about yourself. And then suddenly when you are out in the world, that's a confidence builder that you're going to take with you. And I think the same when you coach and train speakers. So can you give us some uh, ideas of what you have coming up next and how to reach out to you, Sid? Yeah, uh, we've got a lot of great things coming up. And one one big one from my heart right now, I just got put on my heart with what took place in Jacksonville. And on 9-11, we have uh, Jacksonville Sits for Peace. And wow. it's just an opportunity for everyone to come together and sit. Nobody speaking, just being, being the peace that we want in the world. And so that's 9-11 here in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. And, and so we'll be up and down uh, along the beach. And and then we have uh, the the alt factor, yep. advanced leadership training and techniques, and look forward to really bringing that even more up a notch, you know, getting you here, hopefully, and, and getting everybody here in a way that that we just get time with people. Everybody has to speak, no matter who, who you are. Like, that if man. you're not a good speaker, your kids aren't listening to you. Like, I, they just aren't. Like, kids are, are great speakers and manipulators whenever they want to be, right? They, they're going to get their way, especially little ones. They'll cry and use their voice. And somehow we forget to use our voice. Yeah. So that I really am excited to help people find their voice. To me, as a species, it went from breath to heart. Now we're up to our ascension and it comes through the voice. We've got to find our voice and share that with people. People can go to artofpeacefulliving.com or go to sidmcnary.com or sidmcnary on all social medias and, and just connect, reach out. We'll get on a call, 15 minute call or whatever it takes and, and see where we go next. And awesome. yeah. And I get to see you when I come to Santa Barbara for yeah. teacher training. Yeah. And uh, yes. I don't know. Who knows? I may find myself in Jacksonville in October. We have more to talk. More will be revealed on that. We will have all of this info uh, listed in this podcast uh, text. And you can also reach out to me if you want to find out more about getting evaluated or watching one of our webinars and talking about developing your voice in a more impactful, emotionally toned up way. Uh Thank you so much for this conversation, Sid. I look forward to many, many more. Thank you. If you want to learn more about what it takes to become a working voiceover actor, come to an intro class or schedule a voice evaluation with Justine. You can contact her at justinereese at suchavoice.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-E-R-E-I-S-S at suchavoice.com. Or check out our website at suchavoice.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe to this channel or leave a review. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.